first quarter anointing service. And for our text, we go to John chapter 14. Let's all go to John chapter 14, verse 15 to 18. John 14, 15 to 18. John's Gospel chapter 14, 15 to 18. And what I'm going to read, this text, every sentence, every sentence has a major meaning. And I don't want you just to listen, but to examine the meaning of what you are listening to. So John 14, 15 to 18 says, If you love me, this is Jesus speaking. I'm waiting for the last person to finish opening to John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I'll pray the Father and will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. May Jesus come to you today. May Jesus come to us today. Michelle come, Tashi, may Jesus come to you this morning. So Jesus begins here by saying that if you love me, so the first condition is loving Jesus. Having a love for Jesus. Because he loves us so much that nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Not even sword, not peril, no risk, not farming, not nakedness, not persecution. The love that he has for you and for me is so great that nothing whatsoever shall be able to separate us from that love that Christ has for us. Nothing whatsoever. And when these things come to you, therefore, as we heard during the, the 14 days, one of the nights, persecution, farming, nakedness, peril, risk, attacks, even sword. Consider that in all these things, Bible says, in all these things, you and I are more than conquerors. Your amen was even not enough. The more you receive it, the more you shall receive. Yes. That's the spiritual truth. Nothing whatsoever shall separate from this love. So he said, if you love me, if you love me, then obey my commandments. Keep my commandments. You see, the only way you can show your love for Jesus is by keeping his commandments. It is enough to say that, oh, I love him. I love Jesus. I'm a Christian. That's not enough. So, wherever you are and whoever you are, hearing the sound of my voice this morning or seeing me this morning, let it be known to you that the only proof that Jesus, God will accept that you love him is by keeping his commandments. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. 
And then, when you have done that, having done that, having fulfilled this, this requirement, having loved Jesus and kept his commandments, then he will also do something for you. He will, have, he will also do something for you. And God is not a man that you should lie. He will not deceive you. Whatever he says, he's faithful. He keeps it. So he said, and I will pray the Father. So verse 15, 16 says, and I will pray the Father. Now he will pray. Jesus will ask the Father or pray to the Father. If Jesus will pray to the Father, how can the Father say no? May Jesus pray for you today. Concerning your situation, your need, may Jesus pray for you this morning. Whatever your need is, be it financial, be it marriage, be it pregnancy and children, be it healings or deliverance, be it open doors or job or establishment, may Jesus pray for you this morning. In the name of Jesus. He says, and I'll pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. Not that He may, He said, He will. It's not maybe, it's definitely sure, He will. Now, this other helper is the Holy Spirit. And He said, that He may abide with you forever. I began by saying that every sentence in this scripture has very huge. Implication and blessing for us. You pray to the Father on your behalf because you love Him and you keep His commandments. And the Father will give you another helper. A helper. He will give you a helper. By ourselves, we are weak. There's nothing we can do. The Bible says that without Him, we can do nothing. He, He is the vine. Jesus is the vine. He's the tree, the stem. We are only his branches. The branch, if it's not attached to the vine, it will wither and become dry wood. And it's only fit to be thrown into the fire, burned as firewood. Therefore, he says, he says we should abide in him. He will abide in us. Without him, he said, without me, you can do nothing. Church, but with him, may you do all things. Amen. With him and in him, may you do exploits. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. So, our brothers and sisters in Cheshire and Meshachim, in the diaspora, outside Ghana, hear me this morning. Hear me very well. And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. That he may abide with you forever. It means that as long as we love Jesus, as long as we keep his commandments, this helper will never, never depart from you. But if you forget and become careless, become complacent and you become proud and you relegate Jesus to the background, you push my way out of your life, then the helper, we know it, the Holy Spirit will gradually 
depart from you. But may he never depart from you, church. Say a better amen. amen. Then clap your hand for Jesus. And this helper, as you know, is the Holy Spirit. It's also called the Spirit of Truth. He's called the Spirit of Truth. And one thing about him is that the world cannot receive him. When we say the world, we mean unbelievers. Unbelievers. And when I say unbelievers, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that all who go to churches are believers. He said the world cannot cannot receive him. Why cannot they receive him? Why can others receive him and some not receive him? Jesus gives an explanation here. He gives a reason here. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. The reason the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit, you are about to receive him again this morning. Say amen again. Amen. And may he fill you completely this morning. Amen. This is something the world does not know. They don't know him. In fact, they don't even know that's, that there's anybody called the Holy Spirit. There are some who know the names of all the fetishes in Ghana. They don't know the name of the Holy Spirit. They don't see him. You see, you may not see the Holy Spirit physically, but once you see his manifestation, you see his activity, you see what he's doing, you have seen him. Jesus, when they said, oh, when the temple said, oh, Granted to see the Father. He said, have you seen me? If you, have, you say you have not seen the Father. Well, you have seen Jesus. You have seen the Father. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The world is made up of unbelievers. And unbelievers made up of those who don't know Christ. And even those who are in churches. But they are, they, the churches are filled with them. But, shall I say but. They don't love Jesus and they don't keep his commandments. It is not just being in a church that makes you a believer. It's, it's a matter of loving him and keeping his commandments. And then, you see, when he now gives you the helper, the Holy Spirit, you see him and you get to know him, there's something we call the assurance of salvation. There are many who are deceiving themselves. They are simply deceiving themselves, thinking that they are believers or Christians. But the Bible is full of evidence, things that should assure you, and therefore, Assure me that we are believers. And that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Who is the seal? He is your seal. Once you have him, once you have the Holy Spirit, there is no way you can go to hell with the Holy Spirit in you. 
Can anyone go to hell with the Holy Spirit in him? No. You can't. It's impossible. The Holy Spirit is the seeing because he's in you, the seeing for heaven. So once you have him, the Bible says, he is your seal. You are stamped. You are labeled. He's your label on the day of redemption. On the day of judgment, that's what Christ will look at, whether you have a spirit or not. The Bible therefore says very emphatically, and I don't know why many reject it. Even so-called people say they are ministers of the gospel, Christians, they don't seem to know the Bible. The Bible says that anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ, that the Holy Spirit, anyone who does not have that spirit of Christ, is not his, doesn't belong to him. That person does not belong to Jesus. But in this world, we all have one kind of spirit in us. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that you don't have any spirit at all. But it means that the spirit that you have is, is a different spirit. The Bible never tells us we should test all spirits. We should test all spirits to see whether they are of God. Every human being has one kind of spirit in him or her. Those who don't have the spirit of Christ don't belong to Christ. Only those who have the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, these are the ones who belong to Jesus. And I'm happy, I'm glad that the SCAC, in the SCAC, we make sure we ensure, we do our best to make sure that everyone who is in this church has the Spirit of Christ in him or in her. Amen. Therefore, Jesus says, but you know him. Just say, I know him. Say, I know him. For he dwells with you and will be with you. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be with you. Then he himself says, Apart from giving you the Holy Spirit, says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Hello? He will not leave. He will never, never leave us orphans. Look at my age. How can I be an orphan? I, I thought that an orphan is some, a, a child who has lost his father and mother. When you're a child, then you're called an orphan. I never, I didn't know when I was a, until I became a Christian that you can be a, a, an adult and be an orphan. It means that if you don't have Christ, if he's not with you, you are an orphan. It doesn't matter whether 19 years old. It doesn't matter who you are. Your, your two parents may be alive. Your father and mother may be alive. But spiritually, you may be an orphan. If Christ doesn't come to you, if he's not yours, you are an orphan. And I thank God, this morning, in all our branches, here in Tema, even Diaspora, the Holy Spirit will come upon all of you. You shall all receive him again. The anointing will come upon all of you. There shall not be a single exception. 
So prepare, get, get yourselves ready. And my prayer is that as he comes upon you, he will dwell with you and be with you. That you may have power. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. John 15, verse 26. John chapter 15, verse 26. But when the helper comes, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Again, this goes to support what I've been saying. He will testify of me. The Spirit will testify of me. So if the Spirit of God lives in you, dwells with you, having proceeded from the Father, and come to dwell in you and dwell with you, then you have, be, you have to be a witness, testify of Jesus by your life, your conduct. Your, all the things you have heard, these 14 days, we've, we've touched on almost everything. The, this year, the first quarter revival has not been on a single theme. Every night, we have chosen a different, important subject. Or rather, God has given us a very important subject in which we have taught, prayed upon, and prayed for our various needs. So, when today we leave here, let the power of revival, the spirit of revival rest upon you. That you testify of Jesus. If the spirit of God dwells in you, you shall testify of Jesus. And may you all testify of Jesus. Clap your hand for Jesus. Let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts 1, verse 8. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verse 8. The Bible says, Tashi, Michelle, come. Let's all hear. Listen. See. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. That means that wherever you are, wherever you travel to, continue to be a witness to Jesus. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, when the helper comes upon you, one thing that you must expect to receive is divine power. Just say divine power. Divine power. Say power. power. Hello? The Lord has said here in SCAC that in this church, in this church, no demon, no demon shall be able to stand before us. And may no demon ever be able to stand against you. In the name of Jesus. And therefore, if the Lord has said this and you believe it, then you and I are not afraid. We're not afraid. Praise the Lord. Any demon that comes against you, the Lord will cause it to flee seven ways. Because you are about to receive that power again. And the power will rest upon you the rest of your lives. Acts 2, verse 4. Acts 2, verse 4. 
Or let's say three and four. Verses three and four. Then, Acts two, verses three and four. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. And the Spirit gave them utterance. What happened on the day of Pentecost? I believe the same that happens in every Holy Ghost filled church. You see, we may not see divided tongues of fire resting upon ourselves. Because you walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible said there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. They could see fire resting upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Beginning and began to speak with tongues. They spoke in tongues. There was other manifestations of the Holy Spirit. You may not see the divided tongues of fire resting on yourself or on your brother or sister. But when the anointing comes upon you, because when the Holy Ghost came, it came with a sound like a, a mighty rushing wind or rushing mighty wind. Yes, the, what you see to let you know that, yes, there's a tongue of fire. The same thing that happened on the day of Pentecost is happening here. It happens in many churches. So prepare. And may God even open your eyes that you may see the fire resting on your neighbors. May you see fire resting on your, on your neighbor in the name of Jesus. So, Bible says, and suddenly, Okay, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In Jesus' name, amen. Utterance, may you all prophesy this morning. Michelle Kam, may you all prophesy today. Teshin, may you all prophesy. Moses said, I wish all Israel would prophesy. When they said, oh, Moses, there are some people who are, they were not with that, but they are prophesying in the camp. They, They were not even in the congregation. They were not in the, in the tabernacle. They stayed behind. But when the cloud came down, they began to prophesy, even in the camp. And those who saw it came to Moses and said, Moses, there are some who didn't come for the meeting. They said that too, but they also prophesied. Moses said, oh, leave them. I wish the whole Israel to the wish of Moses. That the whole Israel, even then, before the Holy Ghost had come down, we prophesied, how much more now that we are in the ministry of the Holy Spirit Church? May you all prophesy. May you all indeed speak in tongues. In the name of Jesus. 
Clap your hand for Jesus. Let's go to the book of Joel. And for Joel chapter 2, Joel 2, verses 28 and 29. Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. This is what was prophesied before the Holy Spirit came. This was prophesied. And this is what we are seeing. And it shall come to pass afterward. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. May our sons and daughters prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. May our old men dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. May you all see visions. And also on my maid, on my maid servants, and on my maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. On my men servants, men servants and maid servants, those who are engaged in the work of God, servants of God, men servants, maid servants, also I'll pour out my spirit in those days. So, all church workers, may you receive a double portion of the outpouring. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Acts 19, verse 6. Acts chapter 19, verse 6. Acts chapter 19, verse 6. The Bible says here that, And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Come only, come only, we use a hand to, to transmit, transfer, or impart the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the greater or the higher blesses the lesser. So, the one who is filled, God has filled with the Holy Spirit with the purpose of impartation. God has filled him or her with the Spirit for the purpose of transferring the Spirit to others. Commonly, we use the hand. The hand is what you use. Once you lay hands, you touch the person, any part of the person, there's a transference of the Spirit of God to that person. And we see a manifestation of that. But let it be known to you that it's not, it's not only the hand. It isn't only the hand. Bible said, He will dwell with you and shall be with you. Once you are filled, your entire body, your entire soul is filled. Your body and soul is filled. But it's the hand, because the hand is what you can stretch out. You cannot stretch out your hip. <laughs> Hello? 
You can't say that your hip to impart. So the hand is what we can reach out with. Praise the Lord. But if, you know, the woman with the issue of blood, what did she do? She only touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And Jesus felt a flow of power leaving him. He said, who touched me? He was able to feel that power had, 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 had flowed to somebody. So he said, who touched me? Touched on the hem of his garment. And that was it. And I have demonstrated here before. And I want you to understand, many of you know it, that it's not only the hand, because the hand is, we've got, that's what we can use to reach out. We cannot use any part of the body to reach out. Praise the Lord. My son, come. I know, I know you're not my son, but uh, you're my son. Uh, come. If I ask him to, right now, I know that I'm, I, I can feel the presence. I can, I can feel I'm filled now. If I ask you to just touch, touch my, touch any part of me, any touch any part of me. Hey, careful. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Praise the Lord. So, the Bible says that Joel 2, 28. Joel 2, 28. Men servants and maid servants I'll pour out my spirit in those days. So remember that the spirit, the anointing will not only rest on your head, but actually fill you, your entire body. Entire body. So that even the chair that you sit on, I, I know of a director somewhere. She claimed to be a Christian, a believer. She claimed to be a Christian, a believer. But this director, whenever she went on leave, anytime she went away on leave and came back, and many people do it. She would change her chair because while she was away, somebody was acting as director and that person was sitting on her chair. So when she comes, she will put that chair aside, sit on a plastic chair until they buy a new one for her. Does that make sense to you? Does it make sense to you? No. Because see, if the anointing is in your chair that you have been sitting on the whole year, then somebody who has a demonic spray comes to sit on it that person should not be able to sit on your chair. This is what rather makes sense to me. That person, if a demon possessed, must not be able to sit on your chair. That person should go and bring his kitchen, kitchen chairs, come and sit on your office. Those tools, you know, usually jar, you know. Not you changing your chair. Church, anyone, Michelle Camp, anyone who comes to your shop, and that person doesn't have the spirit of God. May God deal with that person. Amen. Anyone that wants to interfere with your finances, your marriage, anything that's idiot to your heart, may God deal with that person. Amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Amen. Finally, Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. Isaiah 10, 27. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 10, verse 27. Really 
Isaiah 10, 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. And that day has come. That day is now. That day is this morning. Hallelujah. Bedding is a load that is too heavy for you to carry. Carrying a burden. And that load can be anything. Your load, your burden can be sickness. And if it is sickness, may you be healed this morning. And it shall come to pass that his bed, the devil's bed, the enemy's burden, his burden, the enemy's burden shall be taken away from your shoulder. Your burden may be lack of marriage. May you marry today. Amen. I said, may you marry today. Amen. Maybe your burden is lack of pregnancy, lack of children. Teshin, Meshachim, brethren in diaspora. If that is your burden, may it be taken away from you this morning. Amen. By this anointing, that burden shall be lifted off your shoulders. His yoke, his yoke is something that they put around, we put around the neck of animals, not human beings. A yoke is something when you put around the neck of bulls. And they are, by, by, they are forced to pull cars or to do heavy, heavy do work, yoke, around their neck. They cannot remove it. So they are forced to pull things. The mill, milling the corn, maize, or chilling the ground, heavy work, yoke, fastened. Cannot remove, the, the bull cannot remove it. As long as the yoke remains, that bull is under slavery, under control, being controlled. Today, the Bible says, and he, that yoke shall be destroyed. I didn't hear your opinion properly. And indeed, there are many people in the house of God who have yokes around their neck. And if you are here today, Michelle Camp, Teshi, Daspera, and there's a remnant of a yoke, a remaining yoke around your neck, may it be destroyed today. That you shall live here free in the name of Jesus. Clap your hand for Jesus. Amen. 